0: Did you know that interior designers get up to 40% off all items at most major retailers? Do you wish you could have access to our full design discounts? 20% off at places like Pottery Barn, West Elm. 25% off at Restoration Hardware. 35% off at Joybird. Well, now you can. Affordable Interior Design is offering their Designer Discount Shopping Service. For $399, you get full access to our trade discounts for up to 25 unique items. No markups, no catch. Just head to AffordableInteriorDesign.com, go to the Plans and Pricing page, and you will see our Designer Discount Shopping Service. Click there, submit your shopping list online, and let us take care of the rest. On average, our clients save over $1,200 using this service. So head over to AffordableInteriorDesign.com to check out our full list of discounts and more. You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer. This is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Hellman. Another week, another podcast. I am so excited to be back with you again this week. It is warm out here in New York. It feels like summertime, even though we're well into September. So I'm just going to close my eyes, take in this warm breeze, and tap into your questions. But before I do, I want to just quickly touch on something that moves me deeply each year for a variety of reasons. Last week was the 18th anniversary of September 11th. I was in New York at the time, and it makes it an extra poignant day when you were actually here. I know that this impacted the entire world, the event that took place on September 11th, 2001. But being here not only impacted me, it shook me to the core, it pivoted my entire life and it is the reason I feel that I am an interior designer. So I wanted to quickly talk about that just because every year I try and stop and pause and reflect. And last week, as I was walking around Tribeca on the anniversary of September 11th, I just happened to have an appointment down there, and then it's actually my marriage anniversary as well. So I was walking around just kind of strolling and contemplating until I met my husband for dinner. And... You know, when September 11th happened, I had moved here just weeks before from the Midwest. I moved here with a couple of suitcases and my cat. We were broke. We were sad. We did not have friends. I lived in a sublet. Um I was roommates with a gal who was a folk singer much older than me, kind of distant. And on September 8th, I had decided to move out from the sublet and I was going to sign my very first lease in Times Square in my very first apartment. I was so excited. And then, of course, September 11th happens. I'm a waitress at Planet Hollywood. I don't know anyone. I don't have any deep connections other than a few other waiters who worked with me. And I found myself with a lot of time on my hands because nobody was going out to eat. Certainly nobody was going out to eat in Times Square, which is where Planet Hollywood was located. So I found myself wandering the streets and really doing some soul searching because they were constantly asking for people to help people in different capacities, whether it was in the medical field or these other types of social work fields. And they really needed volunteers. And I so much wanted to raise my hand. but. Coming from a theater background and a visual art background, you know, I knew how to make a beautiful painting. I didn't know how to help people in dire need. And I felt so helpless that I would wander these streets and with each step I had this mantra. Show me how I can make a difference. Show me how I can improve the lives of New Yorkers. I knew I wasn't going to leave. I had this weird image yesterday As I was reflecting on this, I was thinking, you know, September 11th is this really important day in history, in my life. But also then I chose to get married on September 11th. It just turned out that that was the date that was available and my husband and I wanted to reclaim the event and make it really poignant. But I realized my very first marriage took place on September 11th, 2001, when I just moved here weeks prior. I had no connection to New York other than that, but all my friends and family were like, Betsy, get out of there. Come back to us. Why would you stay here? You work at Planet Hollywood. I mean, New York is a scary, dangerous place, and you don't have any ties keeping you there during this really horrific time. And you know what? I made a commitment to New York. I made a commitment on that day. I made a commitment that I was there for better or for worse. And that I was going to do my part to make my new partner, New York City, the best it could be. And so as I was walking along each night feeling lonely, reflecting on what had just happened, unable to work because the restaurant was not booming, I would look in people's apartments and everyone was hunkered down. Everyone was at home. And their homes were really bad looking like you could see them together you could see them around the TV or just sitting talking and they didn't have art on the walls they had fluorescent lighting they maybe didn't even have appropriate lighting they certainly of course didn't have window treatments because I was peeking in and I thought you know maybe this is my path maybe this is how I can help It took me a while of marinating and really thinking about that to actually start working for a firm as I did in 2003, but it was on my mind to pivot from why I came here, to make paintings and to do theater. Those things no longer felt valid. It didn't feel like the best way for me to help New York in this really troubling time. And 14 years later, that's how long I've been in business, it is not lost on me that Every day I wake up hoping to make people's lives better. Now we not only work in the New York area, we also work in the Hamptons, Washington DC, New Jersey, Connecticut. We've definitely expanded and of course we work nationally and internationally with our virtual plans so that I no longer just make New York more beautiful. But that's where the passion came from. That's where the drive came from and I've never lost sight of that mission. If I woke up tomorrow and didn't think what I did made a difference in people's lives, especially, excuse me, New York people, well, I wouldn't be doing this vocation for very much longer. And I just want to share that because I just feel annually I need to share that. Not only is 9-11 a really solemn day for me, a celebratory day because it is my anniversary, but also it's the reason I became what I am. And I think in every tragedy, if we're lucky enough to survive it, there is a calling there. And I just wanted to share mine. All right, let's get to your questions. So many have come in and I want to get to as many as possible. The first one came from Crystal. She writes Hi, Betsy. I'm looking for a small round pedestal dining table to seat four, preferably with a built in extension to seat six. Keeping existing wooden chairs, so a wooden oak colored table is appropriate. However, if the price is right, I would consider purchasing an entire dining set. No country oak top with a white bottom. I would prefer a solid color. Thanks for your help, Crystal. Crystal. I could tell you where to go for this pedestal table, or I could teach you how to find it on your own. I'm going to go with Plan B. because For Plan A, I would need to know more about your budget, your style… but I do think it would be more empowering if I just give you some tips on how to find this perfect table all by yourself. The first thing is I want you to stop using the S word, Crystal. Don't use the word set. Because as we know, we want our room to look like everything goes together, but didn't come together. I don't want you clicking on the West Elm whatever dining table and just buying everything that comes with it. We want our chairs to contrast with the table. So if your chairs are an oak color, the last thing I would want you to do is get a table that is an oak color. Rather, opt for painted wood, opt for glass, opt for a different texture like a stone table that will really contrast with those chairs. That being said, if you want an extension table... You're going to have the most luck looking for one that's made of wood. There are very few extension dining tables made from glass or stone. So wood is going to be your BFF here. But you're going to want to go for a painted wood tone. I'm fine with black, grey, I'm fine with white even though you seem adverse. But we do not want them matching those chairs. Say I was going to be looking for a pedestal table. Well, if it's going to seat 4, it's going to be 48 to 60 inches in diameter. And what I would do is I would just Google round pedestal dining table extension. Because you're going to get the most selection. You know the clearer you can be about what you want, the more you should be going to Google as your first call to action when looking for it. So many times for a client, I will conceptualize what I want. What the dream piece would be. Rather than just scouring different websites to be inspired. So when I'm thinking about choosing a dining table for a client, I will say, you know what? I have oak chairs. I know I don't want a wood tone table. I'm going to need a painted wood table. And the only color that's going to look right in this room is white. So then I'll just put in Google, white Extension Pedestal Table Round. It will give me my first search. I even do this with pillows. If I have my inspiration piece, I'll say, you know what, the perfect pillows to go with this painting would be teal, they would be striped since I already have a floral pattern in the drapes, and I think I want to do a lumbar size so I can put them on the accent chairs. Well I'll put in Teal Stripe Lumbar Pillow why not try and find that perfect thing in this new landscape, and by new I mean 10 years old, but where there are so many fabulous retail options online, why would I go scouring all these different stores when I know what I want? Oftentimes I will find these items on places like Etsy that are doing things custom but are quite accessible there's just so many resources that scouring each one all the time is not time effective. So I just type in exactly what I want and that is what I would tell you to do, Crystal. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love learning about interior design? Do you wish you could know even more about feng shui, styling your home, where to buy the perfect furniture pieces, and more? Well, you can. We offer online classes. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com, click on the shop tab, and you'll see our three 45-minute online classes. Purchase them one by one for $40 a piece, or get the value pack of all three classes for $90, and we'll throw in the paperback version of our book for free. Heck, I'll even autograph it for you. Be sure to use promo code PODCAST at checkout to get 15% off your order. All right, my next question comes from Katie. Katie writes, Hello from Utah, Betsy. I love your podcast and your book, Big Design, Small Budget, is on its way from Amazon. I started listening about a year ago, and just this week I scrolled all the way down to your first few episodes, and I listened to your tips on rentals. I move at the end of this week to a new townhome rental, which I am very much excited for. In your episodes 8 and 10, you discuss how to make the most of a rental and making it your own space. In one of these episodes, you mentioned that if one has a small budget, one should take one week to design the space with trips to the 99 cent store and trips to Ikea. I am up for the challenge, but I need some guidance navigating the 99 cent store. I feel like I lack the DIY eye, being able to see potential in pieces with a little work. When I walk into the 99 cent store, all I see is glitter, bright colors, and pieces that lack function. Ha! Please let me know your tips and secrets to navigating the 99 cent store and Ikea. Thank you so much, Katie. All right, Katie, I am obviously going to have to go back to Episodes 8 and 10 because, first of all, we're on Episode 200 and what? And it's been a long time. Second of all, I do not think I told people to shop at the 99 cent store in Ikea. That is what I did, right? Back when I was in college and then when I did first move to my first apartment in Times Square, going back those 18 years, I designed my entire apartment for years because I would move every year. I think up until I was, well, okay, up until I was maybe 26, I designed exclusively from places like IKEA, the dollar store, and of course, dumpster diving. There's a lot of exciting stuff on New York City streets. Anyway, I do not recommend that just generally. That is only if you are on a tight budget, if you are really transient as I was, I did sign a new lease every year for my first, mm, I don't know, too many years in, (laughs) in New York City. And I don't recommend it. So that is why I was doing that because I was working as a bartender and a waitress making ends meet trying to save up to buy my first apartment and I didn't want to feel tied down to these pieces that I knew I was going to throw in a box and move or not 12 months later however I still wanted my place to be awesome and look decorated and look like I'd invested time energy and thought into its decor because I spend a lot of time at home I love being there I find it to be super energizing and also in places like New York or other urban environments, people are always up in your space on the subway. It's not like you're alone in a car commuting. People are touching you. You're listening to their music or their cell phone or their conversations. You're just always at the mercy of other people's stuff. So going home was such an oasis for me because I closed the door and nobody was there. I controlled the environment. I decided how loud the TV went. I decided who came over. And that's why home has always been really important to me. Now, that being said, if... I had to go back to those times, or if, gosh forbid, I went back to that level of poverty that I was experiencing in 2001, well, I would again shop the dollar store and Ikea for furnishings. And I do still use Ikea every day in my life and in my current home, but the dollar store is a whole nother level. Let me give you some tips that I would use when I was shopping. The first thing is when shopping very cheaply. Like IKEA, like 99 cent store, like Home Goods, like Target. Well, actually, Target's an anomaly because they have cool stuff. Okay, so we'll put Target to the side. But when shopping those other stores that I referenced, you want to stay away from patterns or anything with more than two colors. Anything with more than two colors at places like the dollar store probably is going to be tacky. Probably those colors weren't well curated. They weren't well thought out. The patterns might be something quite generic or something really gross. If you go with simplicity, if you go with solids, that will be the classiest way to shop cheap. And I specifically recommend this tip at Ikea. They have a lot of printed fabrics, they have a lot of drapes, they have a lot of bedding. Nothing betrays the fact that you got everything at Ikea faster than when you get something patterned at Ikea. Stick to the solids, people will not necessarily know where these items came from, and then you can play up those patterns or those special moments from places that you spend a little bit more money at, right? Or things that are a little bit more special. Say that you're shopping a consignment store and find a really unique piece of art. That's another thing. You never want to be finding art at super cheap places like the 99 cent store or Ikea. Because it is going to be crap. Unless you're trying to be tongue-in-cheek, unless you're trying to be kitschy, it is not the direction you should go in. Now, I bought a lot of good things at those retailers and I bought a lot of bad things as one of my... um, Girlfriends pointed out when I went to her wedding a few years back, she said, Betsy, I still remember how you made a screen because I lived in a studio apartment. So I wanted to separate my kitchen from my living room. You made a screen out of ribbon that you got at Michael's and Barbie doll parts. And that is true. I got generic Barbie dolls from the 99 cent store, and I strung them up with colorful ribbons to visually divide the space. These are all very compromised solutions, but I have evolved and grown. I've been doing this for 14 years, and thank goodness um, I haven't bought a generic baby doll since. All right, so I hope that helped, Katie, and I hope that helped to clarify. And I would go back and listen to episodes 8 and 10 myself, but I just have a feeling... They're a little cringeworthy. What do you think? <laughs> First of all, I hope I didn't really tell you to shop there. And second of all, you know, it's been four years of podcasting, guys. What an evolution. All right, my next question comes from Trisha. She writes, Hi, Betsy. I love your podcast. And I had a quick question following up on your response to dressing windows. I have a 1950s brick ranch with primarily 35 inch by 35 inch windows or two windows of this size, which are side by side. I have 8 foot ceilings and the windows are about 4 feet off the ground. I currently have either bamboo blinds or roman shades with no other treatments over most of the windows. Do full length curtains still suit these squat windows? I've never tried them for fear of them looking kind of goofy, kind of like window pigtails. Thanks for your advice, Trisha. Trisha, I love your window pigtails visual. I usually call it sideburns, but for some reason the pigtails are just really resonating with me. That being said, a 3 foot high window is squattier than usual. A typical window is 5 to 6 feet high. But… I don't think it's that small. And I do think, as you know, that a fully dressed window would have both blinds and drapes. And I love the look of bamboo blinds or bamboo Roman shades because they add this beautiful wooden texture. And of course, we know the drapes probably are not going to be of a bamboo material. They're probably going to be fabric. So that contrast of materials is so interesting, and even a very luxe or high-end look. I'm really excited about your foundation of those blinds. But I think layering on drapes would be a wonderful idea. That being said, not every window must be fully dressed, right? So I have window episodes if you go into the past archives. And It's just like wearing shoes and socks sometimes it's appropriate to go out just in socks whether it's around your house you're being more casual sometimes it's appropriate to just wear shoes say you're going to the beach or headed to the grocery store but if you want that more formal complete look you will wear shoes and socks well the same thing holds true for your window Sometimes it's perfectly fine just to have a blind, especially if there is an air conditioner unit in your window, especially if there is a radiator below your window that's perhaps wider than the width of your window and would really make the curtain fall look sloppy because it would either be over the radiator box or outside of the radiator box causing them to flare. There are reasons why you would just keep those blinds. Additionally, there are reasons why you would only use drapes. Say that your window box is quite shallow and you can't fit a blind in there. Say that you want a really easy, quick experience. You're constantly drawing the drapes and you just want to be able to slide them closed and not worry about that other element. Okay. In my, well, you know no I I love a fully dressed window I was going to give some examples of when I've only done drapes but then I was looking back and I was like no I had a blind in there too because with a fully dressed window blind and drapes you only manipulate the blind that's what opens and closes to let in light or of course remove light and you just leave the drapes there to frame the window and To you it may look like pigtails, but to me it looks like a really nice finishing touch. If you had told me that your window was smaller than 3 inches in length, I might have had a bigger reaction and said, you know what, don't bother, but I'm kind of excited for you to add this touch. It's always nice to add that nice texture of a fabric and also a splash of color or pattern. These are the great elements that a drape can add to a window and a wall frankly well guys it has been great talking to you i will be back next week with even more tips advice and your questions if you have a burning question don't hesitate to send it in to info at affordable My mailbag is pretty full right now. But if you need your question answered right away, you will want to become a premium member. Go to AffordableInteriorDesign.com. Click on the podcast tab. It will give you all the information that you need to become a premium member for $5.99 a month or $49 a year. Then when you submit your question, just put in the subject line that you are a premium member and your question will go to the top of the mailbag. I will answer it right away. So keep sending in these amazing questions and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.